0: November the 13th, 1946. A single propeller airplane took off with a rather unique payload, six pounds of dry ice, and a rather unique mission. You see, the, the pilot was a chemist named Vincent Schaefer. He had been conducting clandestine experiments at the General Electric's research laboratory. Using a GE freezer, chilled to sub-zero temperatures, Schaefer created clouds using his breath as condensation, and then seeded those clouds with dry ice. The dry ice catalyzed a chemical reaction that caused snow crystals to form in that freezer. Well, it was now time for a field test. So Schaefer rented an airplane. Didn't think you could do that, but I guess back then you could. He rented an airplane and flew it himself into a cumulus cloud and dumped out the dry ice. Eyewitnesses on the ground said that it was almost like the cloud exploded. The subsequent snowfall was visible 40 miles away seeding clouds is a marvel of modern science but the idea is as old as the prophet Elijah as you know we've been in this series called win the day based upon Mark Patterson's book and today is the final week of this series we've talked about six habits so far we've talked about flip the script Kiss the wave, eat the frog, fly the kite, cut the rope, wind the clock. Well, today, we're going to seed the clouds. It's First Kings chapter 18, but let me set the scene a little bit. It had not rained in Israel for three and a half years. Desperate times called for desperate measures. That's when and where and why the prophet Elijah climbs to the top of Mount Carmel and seeds the clouds. Well, sort of. Let me pick it up in verse 41 where it says, Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And the servant went up and looked. There's nothing there. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant said, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea so elijah shouted go and tell ahab hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you meanwhile the sky grew black with clouds the wind rose a heavy rain started fall, falling and ahab rode off the power of the lord came on elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel I love the subplot there I don't know what route Elijah ran but it was at least 17 miles could have been as many as 30 miles and he beat Ahab's chariot quite an impressive running feat but how do you seed A cloud. The first way to seed a cloud is you seed clouds with prophetic imagination. Dr. Alfred Tomatis was confronted with the most curious case of his 50-year career as a world-renowned, and I'm probably going to butcher this, world-renowned otolaryngologist, something of that nature. I don't know. Doctors have too complicated names. A renowned opera singer. Had lost his ability to hit a certain note, even though that note was well within his vocal range. This opera singer had been to other specialists, all of whom thought it was a vocal problem. But Dr. Tomatis thought otherwise. He discovered that that opera singer was producing 140 decibel sound waves at a meter's distance. That's louder than a military jet taking off of an aircraft carrier. Long story short, this opera singer had been deafened by the sound of his own voice. He could no longer hit those notes because he could no longer hear those notes. The voice can only produce what the ear can hear. All of us have problems relational problems, emotional problems, spiritual problems. We think those problems are the problem. But I think many, if not most of those problems, are just presenting problems. The root cause of our problems is a hearing problem. Our ears have been deafened to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. One reason is that white noise of our culture. We're bombarded with news, fake news, every minute of every hour of every day. Online advertisers continue to give us clickbait to click on, social media algorithms designed to keep us in our own little echo chamber. It's hard for God to get in a word edgewise. But I also don't think... That's our primary problem. Our primary problem is our own self-talk. We are deafened by the sound of our own voice just like that opera singer was. We talked about this back when we talked about Flip the Script. They say that 80% of our thoughts are negative thoughts. Well, scripture is our cure. We're, we, we tell ourselves a better story. It's the way that we can turn up the volume on God's voice. And I asked you a question a few weeks ago. Maybe it's worth asking it again. What percentage of your thoughts, words, and actions are just a regurgitation of the news media you watch and the social media that you follow? Those algorithms are designed to keep you in your echo chamber. Now, many of you know I've said this before. I'm a bit of a podcast junkie. I listen to podcasts all the time on my commute to and from work. But what I want to do when I listen to podcasts, I want a balanced view. So I listen to podcasts on the far right, the left, far right, and on the far left. I listen to both spectrums so that I can make up an informed decision based on that. If all I listen to is one side or the other, I'm in an echo chamber. I can only get out of that echo chamber if I listen to both sides. And the net result of an echo chamber is an ear that cannot hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. So we have to flip the script. Alternative question. What percentage of your thoughts, words, and actions are the revelation of what you're getting from God's Word? We have to be grounded in God's Word. When we open up the Bible, God is opening up His mouth. The best way to turn up that volume of that still, small voice is by reading your Bible each and every day. I want to go back to verse 41 and juxtapose this. Elijah said to Ahab, go and get something to eat and drink. For I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Elijah hears something that no one else is even listening for you hear something that hasn't happened in more than three years how did he hear that elijah has a, pro- a prophetic ear and that's where a prophetic imagination starts you see prophetic imagination is seeing the invisible hearing the inaudible and believing the impossible Sometimes it'll take the form of supernatural gifts like a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Sometimes it'll take the form of supernatural solutions like a spiritual gift of discernment or of healing. Whatever way, they are God ideas. And I don't know about you, but I would rather have one God idea than a thousand good ideas any day of the week so how do you get God ideas it starts with a prophetic ear an ear that's fine tuned to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit and that's precisely what's happening here in verse 41 it hasn't rained in three and a half years Elijah's forecast seems foolish it seems like Elijah is a bit out of touch with reality but when you exercise prophetic imagination it may seem like you're out of touch with reality but it's because you you actually are in touch with a reality that is beyond our five senses second way to seed a cloud you seed the clouds with patient persistence. Studies have shown that as we age, the cognitive center of gravity tends to shift from the right brain to the left brain. And this is an oversimplification, but the left brain is the, the, the locus of logic. And the right brain is the, is the locus of our imagination. So at some point in our lives, most of us stop living out of imagination and start living out of our memory. We stop creating the future and start repeating the past. We stop living by faith and start living by logic. And that is when we stop living and start dying. Without a vision, the people perish. Vision is a, is a preservative if you have vision you are never past your prime if you have vision you're never too old to be used by God but it takes patient persistence if you want to dream big then you have to play the long game see one of two things will happen over time Either memory overtakes imagination or imagination overtakes memory. And imagination is the way to seed the clouds. And it takes patient persistence. I love verse 44 that we looked at. It said, I saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. It's a pretty small cloud, isn't it? But that's not the real issue, is it? Don't despise the days of small beginnings. If you do the little things like they are the big things, then God will do the big things like they're little things. You have to attempt things that are beyond your ability beyond your resources, beyond your education, beyond your experience. Because that is when and where God will show up and show off. We have to stretch our faith. See, when you are faithful here, you don't always experience the blessing right away, right when we want it. But God will bless you somehow some way and somewhere Elijah asked his servant to go look for rain seven times and number seven's not an insignificant number Proverbs 24 16 says though the righteous fall seven times they rise again that little phrase seven times it, it pops up again and again in the Bible Seven is the number of perfection, completion. It's used literally and figuratively. There are so many sevens if you ever did a Bible study on that. Abraham bows to the ground seven times in Genesis 33. The priests concre- con- consecrate the altar by sprinkling it seven times in Leviticus. The word of the Lord is like silver refined, seven times in Psalms. Jesus tells us to forgive not seven times, but 70 times seven times. The Israelites circle Jericho seven times on the seventh day. Naaman dips himself in the Jordan River seven times. And here Elijah prays for rain seven times. Have you ever thought what What if the Israelites stopped circling Jericho after the sixth time? What if Naaman stopped dipping in the river after the sixth time? What if Elijah quit praying for rain after the sixth attempt? We do that all the time, don't we? We're lucky to get the sixth in all reality. If they would have stopped, they would have forfeited the miracle right before it happened. Seeding the clouds is all about patient persistence because consistency will beat intensity every day. We have to keep on praying, keep on keeping on. Don't ever give up. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, and eventually Jesus will answer. The third way to seed the clouds is you seed the clouds with bold prayer. You can seed the clouds in a lot of way, but none are more powerful than prayer. A bold prayer is a prayer that's beyond your ability, beyond your resources, beyond your imagination. In other words, you can't do it you pray those prayers? Or do you pray the prayers like, help me get to work safely today when you've gotten to work safely every day? No, there's nothing wrong with that prayer. But that's, that's not a bold prayer. It's praying for something that's impossible. A prayer that you've prayed maybe a hundred times and God has not answered it. At least not the, not the way, where you, when and where and how you asked for that prayer to be answered. Maybe there was an answer there. But you keep praying that prayer. I don't know what miracle you're believing God for this morning. But it is too soon to quit praying. Keep seeding the clouds with faith, hope, and love. It was in 853 BC when a king named Jehoram assumed the throne of Judah. It had been 117 years since the death of David. Second Kings tells us that he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He killed his brothers so that he would get the throne. But that's not the end of the story. It says, nevertheless, for David's sake, The Lord was not willing to destroy Judah. It's powerful. David is long gone. Six kings later when King Jehoram did all of this, but God had not forgotten his promise. He had not forgotten his people. See, this is what happens When we seed the clouds. Because there's no expiration date on love. There's no expiration date on faith. And there's no expiration date on prayer. We are the beneficiaries of prayers that we know nothing about. People have prayed for you your entire life that you've never known about. We harvest fields that we didn't plant. We drink from wells that we didn't dig. And we live in houses that we didn't build. We think right here, right now. But God is thinking about nations and generations. We think that what God does for us is simply for us. It's never just for us. It's always for the third and fourth generation. We have to seed the clouds. And when we do, then we can win the day. Heavenly Father, thank you for for the message that, that you'd never give up on us. Help us to not give up too quickly. Help us to seed the clouds. Help us to not give up on the sixth prayer. It would have been so easy to do Help us to know that you will never give up and that we should never give up either. Help us to pray bold prayers for you. In Jesus' name, amen.